Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Matthew. This week we are talking about Season 2, Episode 15, Advise and Resent. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know why I ooh. That wasn't the very exciting title. Okay, so let's uh, let's do the summary. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Ben, parentheses, Gregory Hines, fixes Will up on a blind date. Karen gives Grace advice to withhold sex until Grace gets what she wants. Hey, that was a really good uh, episode summary. Yeah, we don't normally get good episode summaries. I'm very pleased with that one. That's pretty exciting. That was accurate. So this is a big dating episode. Ooh, talking about dating. Uh, Will goes on a date for the first time in a, a long time. Yes, and I think it's like... Other than that weird date that, like, Grace kind of forced him to go on. Right. And, like, the implied setup from Bobby Adler. It's right. It's, like, the first time we've, like, properly, like, seen, seen Will, Will go on a date. And Grace is still dating that terrible guy she was dating last week. Ugh, which we weren't sure about at first, but then he did the forehead kiss thing and we were like, ugh. Right. Ugh. I just, that guy seems so gross. It seemed like he was a one-time thing, but I just... No. But then the episode when she said that she didn't break up with him, I kind of thought that was like, haha, another joke. Like, I didn't think we'd see him next week, but here we are. Just like He's me. giving her rocks. My, and gum and no. leaves. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with Karen on this one. Just puke. Just barf puke. Barf puke. He's just gross. I throw up and it'd be a waste of perfectly good puke. <laughs> Technically, uh, Grace says that, not Karen. But she says it in her Karen voice, and then Karen's like, Honey, who is that? What is this? What's, what's going on? Yes. So do you want to talk about Grace first? Let's talk about Grace, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Okay. <laughs> so like we said, Grace is dating this douchebag again. Ooh, the one who's, like, very new agey and, like, at one point, like, is so pissed off he can't even meditate. I did appreciate a little bit that the writers recalibrated that character so he was more new age and less just, like, weirdly sensitive. Yeah, because, like, last week we talked about this a little bit, that, like, the sensitive guys are always a punching bag, so mm-hmm. this, I think, worked better of having him be, like, really new agey, right. rather than just, like, I'm a... He's legitimately not a good fit for Grace because of his personality, not because he's just really sensitive. Right. But... But he's still not a good match for Grace. He's not a good match. He's terrible. And I, I think it's interesting that this episode... By this episode, Grace is invested in the relationship, and so she wants it to keep going. But, like... She hates him. <laughs> Yeah! Like, okay, you you ever watch Scrubs and there's the mm-hmm. mistake guy? Like, I just wanted him in this episode to follow her around and every time she did something positive in this relationship, just be like, mistake! Because <laughs> it is! It's just like, you hate this guy! You literally hate this guy! Right, like, her main, her problems with him are like, he's always, like, too affectionate. Uh-huh. He's giving her weird rocks from the street. He's, like, like, kissing her forehead. Like, ugh, those the, are... You can just break up with someone. The lingering forehead kisses are just the worst. Ugh. Like, he just, like, pulls her head down and just, like... Like, ugh. ugh no. It just, it's icky. I hate it. But, like, she doesn't want to not be in a relationship, clearly. Because right. she's Grace. She so seems, she's sticking it out. Right. She seems to be suffering a little bit from, I would rather be miserable with someone than miserably alone. Yes. Which is never a good sign, because yes. you should always just be miserably alone if you're miserable with someone. Right. So, because she doesn't realize that she should just break up with this guy, she asks Karen for help with how to make him stop being himself. Right. So, like, essentially her big problems are that he's giving her garbage as presents. Right. And that he, like, never wants to make decisions for them. Like, she yes. always has to pick dinner. And as someone who always has to make all decisions, it's really frustrating when someone else <laughs> won't make decisions. Shout out, Matthew. It was my decision to do a podcast. I can't withhold sex from you, though, so I don't have Karen's strategy. Okay, so then Karen's strategy is, well, Grace, just withhold sex from him. Right. Which just, what? It's a funny conversation, but like, 
Okay, so it, it results in a funny episode, but I, as a feminist and a person, have a lot of problems with this as a premise. I mean, to be fair, Withholding Sex did stop that war in that one play from the Greek time. Yes, that is true. Lysistrata. God bless. Okay, so I didn't like it just simply because the idea of withholding sex as a punishment just seems creepy to me because then it assumes sex is a given and mm-hmm. that withholding it is in fact punishment in that like one partner can't ever just say I'm not in the mood tonight. Right. So like I didn't like that premise. It was icky. But nonetheless, it did result in a very funny episode conversation. I mean, it certainly made Grace's point. Right. It just resulted in her getting dumped. Right. Well, Which, I mean, like, the way the episode presents it originally, it kind of sounds like he's being the worst. And then when he does come back and is even more terrible, he does kind of have a point. Is right. that, like, basically the thing that she's withholding sex for is she's like, stop being yourself and I'll right. have sex with you again. And he's like, I don't no. want to do that. Right. That's... Which is, yeah, that's legit. I'm, I'm with him on that one. That was horrible of her. And I he... wish himself wasn't so terrible. Yes. Because that's really the problem is that he's just not a cool... Not like he's not a bad person, not a good person, but like he's, he's kind of the worst. He's just the like I wouldn't date. Like he makes me itchy. Like I just yeah. like Karen when talking about him, just like says the word puke every couple of seconds, right. and that's how I feel about him. Right. I just don't like him as a person. But like okay, so we have Grace complaining about like this guy's indecisiveness and mm-hmm. his new aginess and la la la, and Karen is like, it's all about communication. You simply say to him, Josh, if you don't figure out what we're going to eat for dinner then I'm not going to have sex with you. And, like, at first I was on board because I'm like, I'm about communication. Yes, communicate your needs. <laughs> but then she's like, withhold sex. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, it's funny. Like, we have this whole scene where Grace is like, no, I can't do that because, you know, she's a rational human. But then she does it, of course, but then because she does she's it. still Grace. But before that, we have this scene where Karen is in the office and she's just shouting, just say it, just say it. Say, I'm not going to have sex with you. I'm not going to have sex with you. I'm not going to have sex with you. And then in walks the, our first canonical lesbian, walks in, <laughs> and she's a delivery person. And she looks at Grace and she's like, I'll have sex with you. <laughs> I I know it's like a stereotype, but I still did appreciate the humor in the first lesbian on the show being a delivery person. Oh, I know. and I It just, was very fun home. Yeah, she should have had like a big ass ring of keys. <laughs> she probably did. Ah, if you were the props director on this sorry. episode and you didn't give her... Ah, uh, stop singing. <laughs> I'm trying to make a joke. Sorry. <laughs> if you're the props director on this episode and you didn't give that lesbian a ring of keys... just Alison w- Bechtel will come to your just, home. Alison Bechtel is coming for you. She will it's like, oh, sing at you. She oh will cartoon on your walls. Oh my god, though. I love Alison Bechtel, but admittedly, I could make an entire horror movie out of Alison Bechtel just, like, creepily stalking <laughs> someone. Like, wouldn't you go see that movie? I would super see a horror movie where Alison Bechtel just, like, shows up in front of, like, a men's rights activist's house. Like, like she's like, not, like, supernatural or, like, a murderer or no, anything. No, she's, she's just Alison Bechtel. She's just there. She's like, just there. I just, will like, never leave. Just, like, judging you and drawing, like, snarky cartoons, like, right. on every piece of paper At no have. point, like, is your life in danger in the horror But you're movie. just, like, really, really you're just bothered un- by it. You're unnerved <laughs> you don't for, like, it. an hour and a half straight. <laughs> And then at the end, like, the protagonist just breaks down weeping in front of Alison Bechtel. like, I'm a feminist now! I'm a feminist! And then Alison Bechtel just gives a single nod and then just walks backwards slowly into the mist. <laughs> and then we fade out to credits. I think we're going to have to start making some phone calls. <laughs> Matthew, remember how when we started recording this episode, you were like, we can't get sidetracked this time? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now we're pitching horror movies starring <laughs> Alison Bechtel as the villain. <laughs> Or is she the hero? She is the hero. She's the hero. That's what Vox is going to (laughs) argue. And they're going to be right. And I'm going to send them a personalized note saying they're right. Now, here's a real question. Is this movie going to pass the Bechdel test? 
No. Ooh, better question. Is the movie called The Bechdel Test? Yes! <laughs> yes! Steal this pitch! Steal <laughs> this, this pitch. pitch! Okay, 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 okay. The Bechdel Test. <laughs> so, uh, to wrap it up, I I don't know whether or not this boyfriend is going to keep coming back in future episodes, but I kind of hope not. I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate him so much, but I'm worried he is just because he does come back. And, like, and it's Grace is like like a Victorian heroine just like swept off her feet by him being like angry. But suspiciously, it is like a Victorian heroine in that regard. Like, yeah, she's just she basically is like, I want someone with more edge, and he comes in and just gets real fucking aggro like about it. how she doesn't like how new agey he is. And then he's like, You made me so mad I couldn't even meditate. <laughs> and I'm like, that is Like no. I just don't want to see I don't want to see version three of this character. Right, I just don't care. I don't like him. He's annoying and I want him to go away. Yeah. So hopefully next week we won't have to talk about him, but we probably will, because this show is the worst sometimes. God damn it, Josh. Let's talk about Will. Okay. So Will gets set up on the opposite of withholding sex on a date. Right. He which gets, is a blind date. Right. <laughs> His boss, uh, Ben Doucette, sets Will up on a date mm-hmm. with a Scottish guy named Charlie. Yep. And he's kind of cute. I do think it's funny that, for whatever reason, Grace and Jack are there in the scene, but Ben is, like, setting him up in the office. And he's like, Will, I met the perfect guy for you. And Will's like, what's he like? He's like, well, he's gay. He's (laughs) like, okay, but, like, like, why do you think we'd be good together? And then there's Jack just sitting there making, like, he's, like, the hype man, but he's just like, he'll take him. (laughs) He'll He'll take him. him. He'll take him. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, you know, like, you're both gay. Like, I thought it would work out. And, like, Will is, like... Will takes him. Will is, like, realistically offended at first. He's just like, I mean, no, like, I can't just go out with someone just because he's gay. And, like, I kind of feel like I have to because you're my boss. And his boss is like, yes, good. See, I feel like that's a a situation that's definitely changed from what time of Will and Grace to now. Like, I feel like, like, 10, 15 years ago, like, gay men would stand on principle and women and be like, no, you can't just hook us up because we're both gay. That's offensive. Would you do that for your straight friends? Whereas me sitting here in 2017, I'm like... Sure, I'll take a random gay person. This is fine. You see, this is where we differ because I am not like that. I, I would be like, no, I'm not going out with someone just because they're queer. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, can I at least see a picture? Like, what do they do? What are they like? like I don't I'm- need a picture. I'm going to Google this bitch. Okay, well, that's you. I, I like Will, would refuse on principle, <laughs> but probably end up doing it because it was my boss. Right. That being said, I don't think my boss would set me up on a date because I'm not sure my boss can figure out if I'm gay or straight and, like, is very uncomfortable about it. Well, see, so then if your boss comes up to you and says, I can't figure out if this friend of mine is gay or straight, will you go on a date with them? Then That's I, basically the equivalent. Right, but then I will just pull a jack and I'm like, well, you must ask them the question. Are <laughs> you, you gay? Gay. <laughs> yeah. God bless. So anyways, so uh, Will goes on this date, and it's an interesting date. I don't know where exactly, what kind of restaurant it's supposed to yeah, be it's, at. Yeah, it looks like it's at, like, it looks like it's, like, straight up at, like, a Scottish manor. I don't know. Because, like, I was very confused about it because it seemed, at first, Italian because there were breadsticks on the right. table, and thus Will playing the flute on a breadstick. But then later in the episode, the the guy that Will goes on the date with, like, descends down a staircase. Like, it seems like it's at his private, like, hunting lodge. Right, and then he, like, makes the joke about this being the only place that serves gray meat, and I'm like... Yeah. And I, British then, like, people are gross. But then, he's Scottish. That's different, okay? Okay, whatever. And um, and then, like, Jack, like, was there with Will, and he seemed to have ordered a milkshake. So, basically, I don't know what genre this restaurant is, and it drove <laughs> me crazy. <laughs> but um, we don't really see the date much, which is no, disappointing. We have this awkward situation where Will, first he tells the waiter, like, can you be rude to us, and rushes through, and the waiter's, like, blind date, and he's like, yeah. 
So, like, um, and then he meets the guy, and then the guy is Scottish, so he has a very thick Scottish accent, mm-hmm. and then Will, like, does a Scottish accent at him. That and, could work for some people. And then the guy, like, does an American accent back at Will, and it's very strange, and then we don't see the rest of the date! But it seems like they have a lot of charisma. Like, they do a good job playing the scene. Right, like Will and this guest actor. Right, like, it, it seems like they weren't plunging into a really terrible date after that. Like, it seemed mm-hmm. very lighthearted and fun, and I think right. they, like, hugged or something. So, of course, because it's a sitcom... Uh, he doesn't call Will. We don't see the date and he doesn't call Will. So <laughs> then we're left with this like eternal burning question of, is Will a lousy date? Yeah. And it's it's weird. It's a weird episode because of that. Because right. Because it's like, just, it's all about the question of, is Will a bad date without actually seeing the date and making a decision for ourselves. Right. So we get that this guy doesn't call Will. Right. And um, then we've got Ben who's just like showing up to like basically just make Will feel bad about himself because mm-hmm. he's the boss and he like lightheartedly does it. And he's like, I need you to come lose squash with me. <laughs> la la la. <laughs> I love Benjamin as a character. I know you do, but I hate him so <laughs> much. I like Grayson just sitting there just like, nope, mm-mm, nope, I'm not over it. Can you believe that guy won't let anything go? Like, ah! Meanwhile, I'm there like Jack, just like giving him a lovely hug and just always being in the office and right. hitting him with my squash racket. Yeah. So we also have this like weird subplot where like Ben and Jack are having the world's best bromance and I don't it's know so great. why. And we don't really get an explanation for it. Like Jack's explanation is, Will, do you think you're the only one who uses this office? <laughs> Which implies that he like brings people to Will's office for sex and has bumped into Will's boss and Will's boss is like, hey, good job, high five. Like, But like, I would buy that. Yeah, <laughs> I would buy absolutely, it. like, I think one of my favorite things about Jack as a character is sometimes his actions are just not explained by the show and we just take it. And we just take it. We're just like, yeah, with Of course. It. Obviously Jack is always in Will's office. Obviously he and Ben just said are best friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, come so- on. <laughs> So we have this moment where uh, Ben is basically like, oh, that guy never calls you Will? Well, I guess I misjudged you. And, and Will's <laughs> like, what? Me? No! Why me? And Will like has this like freak out because he's like, oh my god, am I a bad date? And then, you know, Ben is like, yeah, you seem like you're a lousy date. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit mean, but I guess that's just his character. It does lead us to uh, Will requisitioning Jack to teach him how to be a not a lousy date, though. Oh my god. So then we have the Jack McFarland date clinic. Oh my god. <laughs> so they go back to the same restaurant slash bar slash hunting lodge Jack is like trying to like go back to the scene of the crime and like relive <laughs> the date to figure out what went wrong I like this scene a lot because it felt a lot like a Barney Stinson Ted Mosby scene <laughs> yes I thought that too yes it felt like Barney Stinson like okay Ted like let's see what you're doing wrong like right. no that's wrong <laughs> but like no so, that's wrong so like Jack is just like hi I'm Jack McFarlane he's like Will Truman and he's like no, no wrong stop no wrong stop <laughs> Have you, real Truman's such a downer. Like, have you thought about another name? Like, yeah, he's just like, it's just very funny. And then we have these moments where then, they, then they're having a practice dinner, basically, mm-hmm. where <laughs> we just, he's like, now's a good time to compliment your date. Tell me my eyes are pretty. <laughs> Which one, the bug eye or the normal one? Right. And we also have this beautiful moment where he's like, I think now is a good time to demonstrate your interest by touching me gently yet inappropriately. And then Will like reaches around <laughs> Jack's head like he's going to caress him and just smacks him upside the head. <laughs> yep. and it's really funny. I think one of the interesting things about that scene too is I kind of expected them to discern like the reason why Will was a lousy date. Like I was totally predicting like, oh, he's talked about Grace the whole time because that's what this show is. <laughs> he literally said like four times. He's like, he's going to talk about Grace. Right. It was Grace. It was Grace. And I'm but like, it wasn't. Like, that wasn't the point of the mock dinner from a writing perspective. Right. Like, 
what ends up happening is they keep dancing around the question of whether or not Will's a lousy date. Right. And they make it about Will not having the confidence to, like, call this guy back. Right, himself. yeah. Essentially, we get to this point where Jack's like, have you thought that maybe it's because you're so arrogant? And he's like, I'm not arrogant. And he's like, you're arrogant. And it's like a layer of arrogance and then a layer of fat wrapped in fear. And so he's talking about basically, like, Will is, like, not ready to, like, put himself out there and mm-hmm. stuff. And how, like, he could have just called this guy, but he didn't. And he said, like, focused on, like oh, no, am I a lousy date because he didn't call me? Right, instead of just calling him. Right, so then, like, as he's having this beautiful emotional moment with Jack where they're, like, discussing Will's fear, mm-hmm. Jack is, like, put his hand on his shoulder and they're talking about it. He's like, ooh, that bartender I made out with him once and, like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack, and so then Jack abandons him and Will is sitting there, like, thinking about it and he's like, yeah, I should call him. So he gets out his cell phone. Because they have cell phones now. Because they have cell phones now. Aren't we proud of them? <laughs> and he calls this guy and he's like, hey, it's Truman, Will Truman. Sorry, I didn't mean that in, like, a Bond, James Bond way. And he's, like, leaving this really, like, fumbling, like, awkwardly cute message on this guy's machine. And then, like, from above descends Charlie the Scotsman. <laughs> from the second floor we didn't know existed. Because there's a second floor at this restaurant slash bar slash hunting lodge. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, so they go on their second date and it apparently and goes it well. apparently goes well because Ben Doucette tells us this. We don't see well. that date either. We don't see that date. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the not seeing the dates thing. I just seen like, we talked about this a little bit off mic of like, it's kind of funny and it works from like a comedic perspective because we don't ever figure out if Will is actually a lousy date. But right. it's kind of sucky from like a representation perspective. Yeah, because like, we, we don't, like we don't even see this character that much because we don't see his date. Like, right, like we just don't see the gay date and I thought that was lame, especially on the heels of the last episode where we saw like a gay kiss and that right. was a big deal. And I guess it's good that we don't see the straight date this episode either. That's true. We don't really see any of the actual dates. But, so so I, it's, it's, it's fair but maybe, like, fairness isn't what's at play here. Right. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a bummer. But Yeah. But, so now... Like, it works for the episode, but it's just not yeah. ideal. It just, yeah. Mm. It works for the episode, doesn't really work for the cause. Right. Exactly. So, um, what do you think? Do you think Will's a lousy date? Well, we could always put this out to our listeners, but for the purposes of continuing this conversation, um, I actually, I didn't walk away from this episode feeling like Will was a bad date. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Tess has a different opinion than me because she wants to be difficult. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that he would be like a tragically lousy date. Okay. I just would. Have you ever gone on a date where it's like a little awkward because you can tell the person just isn't like properly like in a date headspace? They haven't been socialized for the outside world, is what you're saying? Yes. I just mean like <laughs> I've gone on dates with people who like are just fucking weird, man. And like mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that would be this date with Will. Right. Just like because I've gone on dates where people are like, they're, like, very nice and charming and they tell stories, but then they're, like, so awkward when it comes to the end of the date. That's or, true. Or they're just, like, super awkward about, like, talking about, like, so are you, like, la, 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 you want to go out again? And they're, like, yes, but let's be friends. <laughs> and it's, like, okay, crazy. Like, we just had this lovely date. And right. sure. They're, like, do you want to go to the art museum sometime? I'm like, no, I've lived in Milwaukee for three years. Why is the art museum always a second date move? That's not important. It's always out of towners. That's the thing. It's Ugh. because we keep going on dates with people who just moved here, and they always want to go to the art museum. And it's not like I don't like the art museum, but it's a terrible second date. Anyways, <laughs> counterpoint. I would actually argue that Will is not a bad date for the exact reason that Jack points out, which is fear wrapped in fat, wrapped in arrogance. I think that there's an, a case to be made that maybe the other person in the date has the same problem that Will has. He's very confident from like outside, like he's funny, he's witty. He's but, Scottish. But like, he's still like a gay man of Will's age. He may have the arrogance with the fat and the fear. And he may be like, why isn't Will call me? 
Yeah, that's, that's true. That could be. Like, it's not like Charlie said something to Ben Doucette that was like, I didn't feel like this date. Or, like, I, he, didn't say, he didn't say the other thing either. He didn't say, like, I'm really nervous. Like, this guy hasn't called me. But, like, they're not really there. Right. Like, I think the fact that he doesn't tell Ben Doucette that the date was bad suggests that he didn't think it was bad. I guess, yeah. I just, I guess to me, the idea of going on a date with someone who came across as arrogant is a huge turnoff to me. So But I, we don't know that the Scottish person thought that. That's true. But Jack is one of those people, like, okay, this is going to sound weird, but do you remember back in the day when there were all those Harry Potter, like, theory books, and they had, like, all these weird rules that, right, right. that were, like, uh, when Ron makes a joke, he's always right, and when Hermione is emotional, she's always wrong, or right. whatever. Um, I kind of feel like that with Jack. <laughs> Jack is, like, being a bitch to Will, he's normally right. right. Like, obviously Will isn't fat, but, like, everything after calling Will fat. And saying that his name is wrong. Yes. Tends to have a kernel of truth to it. Right. So I feel like a little bit that Will maybe does come across as arrogant because we've seen other times when he's come across as arrogant. Okay, but look at the evidence we have in the episode. When when Jack says that thing about him being arrogant and afraid, Will doesn't realize, oh my God, I came across as arrogant and afraid on that date. He realizes, oh, I should be the bigger person and I should call. Note the difference. He doesn't that kernel of truth doesn't reveal that Will is that Will ruined the date. The kernel of truth reveals that Will ruined the follow up to the date mm. by not taking the first step. Maybe because that's what Will really needs. Will needs to be the kind of person who takes the first step, who goes for what he wants, and doesn't just wait for it to come to him. I guess. I don't know. You're just not convinced. I'm just not convinced. <laughs> I just kind of feel like Will would be bad at dating. I just feel like you're just making an argument based on guessing, and I'm using textual evidence. Um, and I mean, as a grad student, I think you're wrong to not do that. First of all, <laughs> blow me. <laughs> I just need to see a citation for that. <laughs> blow me source. Like. <laughs> <sighs> Remember one second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke from Tig Notaro's beautiful stand-up special, uh, Boys Girl Interrupted. No. Um, I made Matthew watch it recently, and it just sometimes comes to mind. Take this horror was not in this episode, in no. case you were wondering. She could have been the lesbian! Oh. God damn it! Missed opportunity for Take This Haro, who Missed probably wasn't at the level of fame to be the Ring of Keys delivery lady. Probably not. Okay. Tragedy. All right. Uh, well, I guess I can't convince Tess that she's wrong. Well, Story of my life. <laughs> don't sing the One Direction song. Oh, no, I want to. I'll resist, for your sake, listeners. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, uh, Matthew, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us on the internet? Sure. Um, If you want to hear us argue some more, you can always find us on Tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com, on Twitter at notacoupleshow, or send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Mixcloud, where we are always putting it up, and we're putting show notes up on Medium. Yes, and they're very fun. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Tune in next week for more Will and Grace action. It'll be beautiful. Hooray. We'll we'll probably argue about some textual evidence some more. Something like that. (laughs) All right. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hey, Eliza. This episode of Not a Couple was brought to you by a new film coming soon from Paramount Pictures. Daddy, hey, Daddy, come here, okay? I need you. She's not a killer. What are you doing? I said, come here.
You need to do what I tell you to do. She's not a monster. Daddy, come here. Hey, right here, right now. You're making me mad. Listen to me. She's a lesbian cartoonist. <gasps> the Bechdel Test. <laughs> 